Hello and welcome to a Reader's Book Corner. I'm your host, Teresa Beasley, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with spicy romance author Meg Becker. Welcome, Meg. Hi, thank you. Glad to have you here. I'm excited to be here. For the listeners, can you share what draws you to spicy rom- the spicy romance genre? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, romance is kind of a really popular genre anyways. It always really has been. Uh, people are kind of drawn to that tension, the slow build, and the sappy moments. Not always pined after, happy ever after. And I love all of that, but also I like the idea of taking essentially ordinary people and putting them into the risky situations, like the one night stand with your new boss. And then I like where those moments take me and I kind of leave the doors open on the way. Nice, nice. (laughs) I believe you. If I'm not mistaken, I think I read on your website that you're a football fan. So will any of your books have like a sports theme to them? Well, I am a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. So um, go Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) But currently none of my books have any sports themes, but there are some coming down the, for lack of a better word, pipeline. Pipeline. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Probably next fall. Next fall. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so what is most important to you when you're starting a book? Do you like to have your characters? Um, do you work mainly on the development of the characters or do you focus more on the plot and the structure of your stories? I kind of do both uh, simultaneously, uh, but probably more so the characters. My characters tend to drive the story for me mostly. Um, and sometimes more than I care for them to. Uh, they say, <laughs> you know, you want your characters to be strong enough to make decisions for themselves. But now all of my characters are arguing with me, running wild, and um, somebody just punched someone. So <laughs> I have to reel them back in, but my characters really drive my story. So I tend to spend most of my time really developing a strong character that my readers can relate to. Yes, the characters. I love to when I start a book and I can invest in the characters and then I'm like rooting for one or the other. And then sometimes you're in the middle of the story and it changes and you're like, okay, I'm on the other team side now. <laughs> this character made me mad. <laughs> this character made me mad. <laughs> my husband makes fun of me because I talk about characters in my books or in books that I'm reading. Like they're my best friend and they live next door and I'm like watching them through the window. He's like, you do realize they're not real people, right? <laughs> my husband tells me the same thing. <laughs> He's like, you know, those people are made up, right? Right. <laughs> you just don't get it. You don't get it. Right. <laughs> if you're writing characters, it's a little bit different because they do get to talking to you and you might want them to do one thing and they decide they're going to do something totally different and you don't realize it until you actually typed it all out. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that's not where I thought that was going, but I guess that's where we're going. You're right. <laughs> so sometimes they do just lead the way. <laughs> So now tell me a little bit um, briefly about your Butterfly series. So it's a set of three standalones um, that follows three girlfriends. So it follows Jules, Andy, and Katie. So each book can easily be read on its own, but they're best read in order. And it starts with Jules. uh, And With a Broken Wing just came out and that one has Andy. So Katie will come out in February. Okay. So now tell us a little bit about your book one, um, because that's about Jules and William. Yes. Right. Okay. So tell us a little about a bit about them, about, you know, the book. So Jules is feisty and stubborn, and she's the type of woman that fought her way to that good career, to that position she always wanted. 
and she's confident, she's sarcastic, and she's someone that everyone loves. Uh, William, on the other hand, is grumpy and he's demanding. He's easily irritated and he doesn't like to be challenged or questioned. So, of course, the two of them meet and they have a great one night stand. She leaves. It turns out he's the new boss on Monday morning. Oh, mean. Uh oh. <laughs> she didn't expect him to walk through the door um, or expect the tension uh, between them to cause everything to unravel. So, they kind of have that competitiveness and angst that really makes them go at each other but there's some groveling in the end and there's always a happy ever after oh man this gotta be awkward (laughs) (laughs) for for her to come in and he's the new boss okay awkward city (laughs) yes the new ceo too puts her on his most important client oh man oh man that had to be really awkward i feel sorry for jules (laughs) Um, I would, but uh, I think she enjoyed herself enough, but I kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> so now you said book two just came out and that's with the broken wing. And you said that features a different character. Yeah. So with a broken wing just came out on October 27th. And that one is Jewel's best friend, Andy. And she uh, interacts with William's brother, Dimitri. Oh, okay. So Andy (laughs) is bright and colorful and sweet, but she's got a secret and a lot of dark history. And Dimitri has this hard exterior and he's domineering and he has really low tolerance for mistakes, but he has a soft spot for her. He's a complete cinnamon roll. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy loses her job and gets hired by Dimitri for the summer. And what was supposed to be a couple months with easy travel and good paychecks ends up testing both of them in ways they didn't realize it was going to. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it happens. Yeah, they may be one of my favorite couples, though. I think I say that about most of my couples, but they are okay. So, so you, so kind of, you're basically writing standalone, but it's like a standalone series where the characters know each other, but you can read the books out of order. Yeah, you can read the books out of order. Um, they do go chronological. So if you read with a broken wing before you read the butterfly effect, you're gonna know how the butterfly effect ends. Um, but again, I write happy ever afters. You probably kind of know generally how they end when you read mm-hmm. romance anyway. Right. Yeah. That's typical romance. So yeah. it's just getting to that part is the good stuff. Oh yeah. And I don't give that away in any of them. So you can definitely read them all separately, but they do chronologically go in order. Yeah. When it comes to series though, I like to read them in order because I'm scared I'm going to miss something. <laughs> I do too. And also I tend to put like little bits of foreshadowing in some of my books. Um, Like there's a little bit of foreshadowing in book two for stuff that happens in book three. So if you read it before it works as foreshadowing, but if you read it after you're like, Oh, that actually happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I like to read stuff because I'm just so scared. I'm going to miss something. Uh And I'll get to like, wait a minute, what is that? So I like to read them in order so I know exactly what's going on with the characters are doing. I can kind of move to the second book. I just yeah. don't like to start a first book if I don't have the second or third book. Because I want to, I'm impatient. I'm <laughs> I want to know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to buy them like in twos and threes. So then if I do finish the first one, I can like, ooh, I can just go straight to the second one. Because I've already, I already had it. So then I don't have to worry about waiting to find out what's going to go on. I'm the same way. And this one will be completely wrapped up in February. So. (laughs) 
Yeah. See, the first book, the first two books are already out, so then I could yeah. technically go ahead and get them, and I have to worry about it. Because when I first met you, there was only book one. Yeah. Um, so now I know that the second book's out, I could just grab both of them, and then I won't have to worry about it. Absolutely. And Feb- February will be here before we even know it, so I mean, it's just I know, around the remember. corner. <laughs> so now, where do, where do you get your inspiration? Is it something that you observe or it comes to you in a dream or your characters just start talking to you? Where does your inspiration for your stories come from? So as a spicy romance author, that one's always kind of hard to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Really, I get inspiration from a lot of places and interactions, a lot of music. Uh, Most of the time, it's kind of a, gosh, what would I like to read right now? Or what do (laughs) I wish I was reading in some of the books that I do read? Um, So then I write out that idea and I talk to my best friend because she's a big spicy romance reader and she doesn't write. (laughs) She loves to read. So I talk to her about it. And if she's like, yes, I love it. Then I write that book. Oh, okay. So it's like a variety of ways that your inspiration comes, but then you get the AOA from her and then you know that you should go ahead and write it. Yeah, absolutely. And if not, then I know the parts that she's loving and the parts she doesn't. So I'll just put them in like a idea bank for lack of a better term and then when I have characters that I know I want to write about like Andy or Dimitri then I dig into those ideas like oh I can definitely see them having this interaction so a lot of my ideas are recycled from plots that didn't work out uh, things like that so it just kind of I have notebooks and stacks high of things that I've thought of over the last couple of decades so it's good to have those though you can always go back and flip through and piece things together from different notebooks and still come up with the, a viable story. So exactly, yeah. So and then I keep the notes. <laughs> yeah, then I never forget any of those ideas either. That, that's true because you always have them like handy, so mm-hmm. they're always you know in the forefront. So now you are you were part of an anthology that um, releases October thirty first. Well. When this goes live, it'll already be out this year because um, it releases October 31st. So can you share a little bit about your story that you have in the anthology? Yes, um, I'm actually really excited about this one. The Sacred Anthology is a charity anthology for bodily autonomy. And my story is called On My Own. It follows a woman named Cami Rose who sees her essentially perfect life fall apart in the morning. Her fiance cheats on her. Her positive pregnancy test actually didn't mean she was pregnant. Everything just kind of crumbles around her. And she decides that she needs to take her own life into her own hands. And she realizes that to make her dreams come true, she kind of just has to be her own woman. Uh, And so she decides she wants to be a mom and she's going to do it on her own. And that's actually inspired by a really good friend of mine who had her daughter on her own with a sperm donor. Oh, they're two of the most amazing ladies and so I really wanted to take that idea of her having this choice to do what she wanted and it being a sacred choice Uh, so I write spicy romance of course so it does feature Dane there's a partner and uh he's her cheating fiance's ex-best friend Uh oh Dane wants to help Cammie and in the process they rekindle a friendship and then some and there are 15 amazing exclusive romance stories in this anthology so it's not just mine and they have varying spice levels. Um, every story features a strong female lead. Okay. And I love that. 
So this one's only available for a limited time, but it is absolutely one of the most meaningful pieces we've written. Right. So um, did you did you guys come as a collective to decide to do the um, donating the funds or was it like the editor's choice or? So it, I'll give all credit on that one to Kate McWilliams and Shannon Nicole. Uh, they're the ladies behind Ink and Earth Studio and they're a couple indie authors. They're incredible. They put this together uh, back when Roe v. Wade was overturned and there was women around the country feeling extremely helpless and they just wanted to be able to do something. And a lot of us kind of felt the same way. Uh, the threat to reproductive rights kind of hit me really hard on a personal level. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was at a loss. There was that, what can I do to actually make a difference? Um, and they kind of felt the same way. So they put together this anthology and it's a way for us to kind of do something that we know how to do. We can't right. do a lot, but we can write a really great story with a really strong female lead that has a choice. And then we can donate all the royalties to a really great cause. So the yeah. ladies actually did pick the charity and organize everything. So I don't take any credit for that, but I'm really honored to actually participate with it. That is a wonderful thing that they're doing. I mean, I yeah. think that's great, especially, and I know some people do, there's a variety of anthologies that are out that do the donation type thing, pick a charity and do that, which I think is a great thing. Yeah. You know, giving back. Yeah, it gives us the chance to do something that we feel passionate about uh, for something that might help others. So, right. it, yeah, it feels really great. So I'm really excited to, I know this will air afterwards, but in two days I get to see this come live and I cannot wait to read these other stories because there are some incredible authors in this anthology. Yes, I was reading some of the authors on there and I was like, oh, well, it is, it's, it's not just eight or so stories. It's like a lot of stories in this. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of authors that participated, which I think is great that they had so many authors actually participate in it and give their stories. So I think that's awesome. And then they're basically exclusive stories because they're exclusive to this particular anthology. So, yeah, and the anthology is only available for a limited time. It's only going to be up for a couple of months and then it comes down and all of those stories go away. Oh. So we may republish them. I don't know if on my own will get republished um, right? or if it'll go into a different anthology at some point or if I'll give it away to newsletter subscribers, which is a possibility. Uh, but really, I'm just excited for a couple of months of sharing an exclusive story for a good cause. Yeah. So are, is that book only going to be available for a couple of months? Yes, it'll okay. only be available for 90 days. 90 days. Oh, okay. Um, so now let's um, kind of go, um, are you an avid reader? Oh yeah, I love to read. Um, and do you mainly just read romance or is there other genres that you delve into? I read a lot of spicy romance, but I am a horror and thriller girl to the core. Oh, yes. Those are my jam. Yes, I once upon a time thought I'd write horror novels and now I kind of laugh at that because I write like lovey-dovey spicy romance but I love to read some good like Stephen King, Joe Hill, I love Jillian Flynn and Tana French like I love those psychological thrillers with like the darker twists. Dark, yes. And now I'm not a big romance writer I'll say but I do like those dark romantic suspense books. Oh yeah. Those keep me on my toes. 
Yeah, I have I a do. lot of romance coming next year. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, I don't, I don't really read a lot of the fluffy romance stuff, but um, those dark romantic suspense. Oh, and I read an author named Aletha Romick. Oh she yeah, had this um series that came out, and I read that Consequences, I believe it's called, and I just took that series and just gobbled it up, and then ever since then I've. I love to read romantic suspense that's similar to that. Yes, I have a friend who introduced me to her and absolutely loves her Consequences series. Oh, that is, that's like my favorite series by her. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, that was, those characters just, they drove me crazy, but it's that, that likable crazy. It's like, I love the craziness in the, the characters. <laughs> Because they just, I was fussing at those books sometimes. Yeah, I think some of the best characters make you crazy, don't they? Yes, yes. I just wanted to just like choke that girl, but I was like, okay, this is her story. I'm just going to go roll with it. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't do that. Oh, man, I'm the same way. Because <laughs> she writes some awesome, um, and I did read a couple of her other ones because I have several of her books. But yeah, she's one of my favorite romantic suspense writers. Yeah, she's a great one. So are you reading anything now? With if you were to suggest a book to a list to the listeners, what book would it be that you would suggest that they just have to read? Mm. I am reading uh, uh, the New York Ruthless series by Sadie Kincaid. I'm on the fourth book. Ooh. And it's Ryan Rain, and it's so good. It's a white shoes novel, so it she has multiple partners, um, but oh. it's mafia, and it's got the dark romance, and it is really good and really spicy, and I absolutely love her. So, oh okay, I don't think I mean, I've heard of her. Does she write just mainly the um, spicy romantic suspense? Yes, yeah, she does. She's got a couple, and they're mostly mafia romances, uh, but they're incredible. She's got away like with a she's good at making the plot twists that you don't always get in some of those romances that yeah I mean she is very very spicy but it is right on my level if you like those really spicy stories then I highly recommend her and the New York Ruthless series yeah I like mafia romances are pretty good though they they I think those keep you on your toes too you just don't know what might happen. Yeah. Especially when there's more than one partner, then it gets really crazy. Right. Then it gets really, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> it can get really entertaining. Like, girl, I can only handle one man and his half the time. I don't know how you're handling four, but four. you do you. Yes. <laughs> I those, read about it. <laughs> especially those harem reverse novels. I'm like, I don't see how they do it. Yeah. But, this is girl's got to be a powerful, powerful chick. She's handling more than one person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, do you have like any upcoming projects that you would like to share with the listeners? I'm currently writing the third and final book in the Butterfly series. It does not have the title released yet, but I'll announce the title in coming months. Okay. Um, but that one's coming out in February. And then I've got a best friend's older brother romance that is in progress. And that one will come out in probably late spring. So 
two of those big things coming. Oh, okay. Now, I also, I forgot to ask you this at the start of the interview, but um, I also like to ask Arthur's to share a little bit of their publishing journey, how, you know, their writing journey started. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about your publishing journey and yeah. which way you chose to publish? So I decided to go indie publishing Partially because I wasn't in the mental state to do traditional publishing. I have written my whole life. I think I was six the first time I said I was going to write books. Um, so I've written and studied extensively. My degree is in creative writing. I stopped writing for several years, though. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I lost a friend. And then the pandemic hit. And then we had some other things going on in our personal lives that were kind of crazy. And I turned to writing as kind of therapy and I started writing spicy romance because what better way to kind of dissociate from the bad things than to dive into lovey-dovey romance. And uh, in doing that, I shared it with a couple of people and they kind of insisted that I write the book and share it more widely. And I know that I was not in the mental state to be ready for querying and agents. And I just decided I just wanted to do it for me. So I published Indie and I had the most overwhelmingly positive response to the butterfly effect. And so then I just, I felt really powered and I felt really proud of myself because there was this book in my hands and I did that. So I just kind of settled into that Indie author mentality and I got to know some of the other Indie authors And I realized that this community is so supportive. I've made some insanely great friends and read some really great books. And now I'm always proud when I see one of my books come out. Like when I hold with a broken wing in my fingers and I'm like, yeah, I did all of that. It feels really good. So that's kind of why I went the indie route, but I write for enjoyment and out of therapy. So I put them kind of on the side. They're I have a day job. This isn't my day job. This is just what I do because I love it. Wonderful, wonderful. That is so great that you got the inspiration and just kind of went with it. And I, I agree with you. Trying to traditional publish is the mentality that it puts you to, the mental anguish of querying and trying to get an agent. And that stuff can be so mentally exhausting. So I, I understand why you chose the indie publishing route because that's what I did. I was like, I don't want to go through all that stress of trying to get an agent to try to get traditionally published. And it's such a big field. Um, the industry is just large, especially when trying to traditionally publish that. I was like, I don't even think I can handle the heartbreak if I got rejected. Well, so. It's hard to sell spicy romance traditionally. And that, yeah, I would it, say it would be. And that's what I write. So there's a certain niche for readers that read the spicy romance and they're not always in the traditional publishing world. They want to read the good spicy romance with the good plot and the really strong characters. And sometimes you don't see those in traditional publishing. Because you know, now that you say that, you're right. A lot of the spicy romance people that I know are indie published people. So, I mean, you're, you're right. I don't think I've come across a traditionally published spicy romance person. Yeah, there's a couple like um, 
I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey went traditional, and oh, yeah. there are a couple others that now have publishing houses, um, but they all started indie. Traditionally, it's just, it's difficult to sell someone your erotic romance. Right. That's true. But I can publish it, and I know there's a lot of women out there that love my books, and I, I would rather get them out there and let my books be read. And if I get lucky enough to nail an agent or get signed somewhere, that would be awesome. And if not, then I've got a heck of a community backing me and right. I'm thrilled to be part of it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And the indie, indie community is very, very supportive. I mean, everybody supports everybody, which makes it a little bit easier when you're you know, diving into the indie publishing um, world when you have a lot of people that's doing it too and they understand where you're coming from and they're supporting you and you're able to support them as well, so. Yeah, it's great, but it hurts my wallet. Let me tell you how fast my bookshelves fill up. <laughs> no, don't. It. It's like, I'm gonna have to get a second job. Just to keep up. I'm gonna have to get right. a second job just to keep up with all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're buying all these books because everybody's coming out with new stuff and I'm like, oh, I gotta get that one. Oh, I gotta get this one. So, yeah. yeah. My basket just fills and then every couple of weeks I'm like, I should probably buy some of those. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, my Amazon cart is full right now. And my husband got to the point where he was like, okay, we're gonna put you on a book buying budget <laughs> or you need to empty some of your shelves before you fill them back up again. I've gotten to a point where I use Kindle Unlimited a lot so I can read the book. And then if it's one I love, I have to buy it anyways. And then I put it on my shelf. You know, I do that too. I got a book from the library that's, um, this book is so good. And I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to go ahead and buy it because this is a book that I'm probably going to go back to. And it's a thriller. So it's, it's a nice little, um, you know, reference book. But I was mm -hmm. like, okay. I'm almost done with this, but I have definitely, definitely have to buy this because I know I'm going to come back to it. So, yeah, I do that a lot, too. All right, though. I'm good with that because it supports authors. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we have to support each other. <laughs> yeah, especially I love reading it on Kindle Unlimited and buying a copy because then the author gets paid twice. Oh, yes. Yes, that's true. And I don't have Kindle Unlimited. I have Prime reading, but I don't have the Kindle Unlimited because my Kindle broke and I haven't bought another. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kindle Unlimited is huge for the spicy romance. And since I read so much of it, it's perfect for me because I can just devour book after Books, book. Yeah. Yeah. So now before we wrap up, Meg, um, where can listeners connect with you and find your books? So my books are all on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of my socials, I'm on every platform. All of my socials are at author Meg Becker. And everything is also linked on my website, which is authormegbecker.com. And I've got links to the Amazon where you can buy the books and links to content warnings. There are some triggering content warnings in my books. So there are content warnings on my website. And then there's a link to sign up for my newsletter or follow my socials and join my Facebook groups. So I'm on everything with at author Meg Becker. Okay, and we'll put your website in the show um, show notes so they can click on that and go to it as well. Um, okay. 
So I want to thank Meg for joining us today for a chat and thanks to you listeners for tuning in today. And remember, if you would like to suggest an indie author or book to be featured, feel free to contact me at tabeasley at arbookcorner.com. Connect with the Reader's Book Corner on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a Reader's BC. Until next time, happy reading.